This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Thursday, December 15th, 2022. I'm Caleb Brown. For potentially millions of Americans, their employment prospects are permanently damaged by a felony conviction, and in many cases, merely for an arrest. And that has big implications for labor markets and economic prosperity more broadly. Scott Lincecum is author of the criminal justice chapter of the new Cato book, Empowering the New American Worker. We spoke earlier this month. I think this is maybe the most uh, notable chapter in this book, uh, in part because we don't tend to think of criminal justice policy uh, one way or another as being pro-worker or anti-worker. So I- explain why this chapter is in the book. Yeah, I I think exactly for the reason you said, that um, we really don't think of criminal justice policy in terms of how it affects our labor market. Uh, Most of your criminal justice discussion is either going to be, you know, tough on crime stuff or on some of the the more moral and ethical issues with with over-criminalization and and the rest. Um, But rarely do we think about how um, a criminal record or even an arrest record um, can affect labor market outcomes and can affect uh, the the lives of millions of American workers. And that is a, effectively a tease for the research cited herein. You know, what we uh, look at in the chapter is first we start out with just the basic facts. Um, there has been a dramatic increase over the last few decades in the number of Americans with a criminal record. To give you an idea of just how many we're talking, um, over 19 million Americans as of 2010 had a felony record. Um, and then you add tens of millions more who have misdemeanor records or arrest records, like we said, and the people who were actually acquitted um, but were arrested. Um, so you start with the basic fact that a lot of Americans have criminal records today compared to past generations. And that's for all sorts of reasons. You know, we at Cato like to talk about over-criminalization. You know, when everything is a crime, uh, it's pretty easy to get busted for stuff. Um, And then, of course, there's issues with uh, drugs, war on drugs, and and the rest. Um, But leaving those issues aside, um, when you see that millions of Americans have these records, um, the next step is to look at the research about, well, what does this do to American workers? And again, uh, the numbers are really stark. Um, So you start with the fact that uh, most unemployed men in their 30s have some sort of criminal record. Um, You find also that um, a a criminal record or a felony history in the United States uh, ends up depressing people's participation in the formal economy. They're either having a job or looking for a job. And again, that's in the the study, in the the area of, again, about 2 million Americans. So about 2 million Americans are not working because they have some sort of criminal record. And that's just a a massive uh, chunk of the labor market, uh, especially when you consider, you know, things that get a lot of attention, like, say, Social Security, disability insurance, which certainly has issues. Um, Well, that only uh, might affect 500,000, maybe a little more, uh, workers and jobs. So three to four times that many, uh, are affected um, and disemployed by their records. And yet we, nobody ever talks about it. 
And that's to say nothing of the myriad licenses for which a criminal record would disqualify you. Right. And that's the other big point. Um, you know, a criminal record is a scarlet letter of sorts. So leaving aside, you know, some of the uh, social reasons or personal reasons why people with a record might not uh, look for a job. You know, one study showed, for example, that women with a criminal record are stigmatized. And so they tend not to get involved in the formal labor market just because of the stigma that's attached to that. Um, but beyond that, we actually have official legal channels like occupational licensing, uh, small business administration loan programs that deny uh, people, jobs or access to credit because they have a criminal record. So if you have uh, a record and you want to be uh, a licensed professional in all sorts of types of professions, because, you know, as we talk about in the licensing chapter of this book, uh, a, there's been a dramatic increase in, in licensing of professions over the last few decades. So for a lot of those professions, a criminal record essentially bars you from uh, participating in that profession, from getting a license. And that's even if your crime had absolutely nothing to do with um, the license at issue, you know, um, and it could be even if the crime was 20, 30 years ago. So uh, let's say, you know, you were a kid, you were an idiot. Most people were idiots when they were kids. You you did something, you know, committed a felony, uh, and that's going to follow you around for, for decades. So you could be in your 40s or 50s looking to enter into some sort of licensed profession. Nope, sorry. In a lot of states, that old, decades-old criminal record will block you from, from participating in that job. All right. So in, in terms of reforms, because the people who have these convictions uh, or arrests on their records uh, and they are not in, currently imprisoned, we would like for them to be productive members of society, contributing to the well-being of their fellow man and earning a living doing so. Yeah, yeah. And and also, we, we don't want them committing other crimes. That's the other big thing. Uh, you know, studies repeatedly show that uh, a big um, impediment or what discourages recidivism is getting a job um, and that people who are employed tend not to commit other other crimes. So there are all sorts of great reasons to get people back into the labor market after you know they after they get out of jail um, and and it's been years down the road. And yet um, licensing rules and uh, simply the record itself are are a big anchor preventing that from happening. So the feds can do some things, but it seems like because these crimes yeah. are almost overwhelmingly. Uh, state level crimes. And even if you move from one state to another, uh, criminal conviction would follow you. What are the best uh, ways for states to take advantage of a workforce that, uh, you know, by all accounts could be very productive uh, and yet is discouraged from participating? Right. Yeah. Like you said, uh, this is primarily a state level issue, um, you know, and especially because a lot of the laws at issue, like licensing laws or uh, driver's licenses, that's another area that um, you can be denied a driver's license if you have a criminal record. That's Those are mainly state issues. So yeah, we have to start with state policy. Um, and the, the most, the easiest 
and best one is expungement of people's criminal records. Um, automatically, after a certain amount of time for convictions or immediately for non-convictions. You know, again, uh, it is even arrests can affect uh, your job market prospects and can discourage employment. So uh, a few states like Pennsylvania and others have begun allowing for um, criminal records to be immediate, not immediately expunged for, again, arrests or expunged after a set period of time. Now, what is the set period of time? Well, we don't, we don't dictate one, but uh, studies show that uh, recidivism, so you know, committing other crimes, that tends to happen pretty quickly after people um, get get out of jail. And so, um, you know, the studies you, we look at say, you know, three to five years, the person's pretty much in the clear. In other words, they're not going to be committing more crimes. So, you know, allowing for an automatic expungement of a criminal record after three to five years um, for, and then uh, would be an, an obvious place to start. Um, like I said, immediate expungement for non-convictions because you didn't do anything wrong under in the eyes of the law. Um, and then uh, also, though, looking at um, expunging crimes that aren't even crimes anymore. That's another one that just needs to happen immediately. You know, in a lot of states, we've legalized marijuana possession, we've legalized sports gambling, and yet those records, convictions, can can follow people around, even though it isn't even a crime anymore. So Colorado Governor uh, Jared Polis has championed reforms in that regard, essentially saying, look, you know, if you have a criminal conviction for marijuana possession, um, we're going to expunge that from your record because it's not even uh, a crime anymore. So expungement is, is the most obvious place to start. Um, and that is a has actually been found to really um, improve the prospects of a lot of uh, individuals. There was a study in Michigan that found that Michigan had an expungement policy, but you had to file an application, wait an amount of time, and do all this. Whereas automatic expungement, if applied to the whole state, would have freed um, hundreds of thousands of people in Michigan from, again, criminal records that um, were long, long past, right? Um, and for, for nonviolent crimes uh, as well. So, we expungement is is kind of a core policy improvement, but then there are discrete ones, right? Next one is like you mentioned, licensing. Really, we need to have a licensing policy that makes sense in terms of some of that stuff we've just talked about. So, if you have a decades-old criminal record that has nothing to do with the profession for uh, in which you're applying for a license, um, well, that that sh the state should bar that record from being um, considered by any sort of licensing board. I mean, you know, look, we at Cato, and we argue this in, uh, elsewhere in the book, you know, we want to get rid of these licenses overall. But to the extent we're keeping the licenses uh, around, uh, that type of old non-germane criminal records should be uh, should not be a bar to your getting getting a license. Um, another one is uh, again I mentioned driver's licenses. That's that's another obvious one. It is absolutely nonsensical that we deny uh, past people with a past criminal record a driver's license because of course you need a driver's license, especially in a lot of states, to drive to your job. Um, and so people can't actually get to a job uh, and thus, you know, they stay at home. They're more likely to, to reoffend. Um, and so we, we definitely want to want to get rid of get, get rid of that as well.
while states may have you know worse or better rules governing how people who were uh, formerly incarcerated or uh, convicted uh, at some point in the past uh, and what their prospects for employment might be, the feds have rules for like their own contractors and who contractors may then contract with for uh, employment if they want a chance at federal contracts. How big a part uh, is is that in uh, employment prospects for average people? Yeah, it's so uh, again, the, the biggest issues here are uh, first, um, we have a, a law called the Fair Chance to Compete for Jobs Act, which uh, applied this policy called ban the box to uh, federal agencies and federal contractors. Now, ban the box is essentially uh, a rule that doesn't allow there to be any sort of felony history uh, check in a job application. Now, ban the box has good intentions, but unfortunately, uh, the economic research uh, shows that it actually ends up uh, discriminating or leading to discrimination against uh, certain minorities and other demographics. And so uh, Congress should really repeal ban the box and repeal that law and instead apply expungement to federal law as well. Um, and that would would help with with certain federal crimes out there. Um, but also, you know, one of one of my least favorite, I should say, laws that's out there is that we actually have a law on the books that punishes states um, for declining to suspend driver's licenses for drug offenses. Now, again, even though drugs have been legalized in a lot of places, even though a driver's license is critically important to state employment, right now, federal law essentially encourages states to deny driver's licenses to people with drug convictions. So that's an obvious thing to be to be repealed immediately. Scott Lincecum is author of the criminal justice chapter of the new Cato book, Empowering the New American Worker. It is that time of year again when I ask you, yes, you, to become a Cato podcast sponsor. Visit cato.org slash podcast sponsor to get started. And thank you.